where do you feel safe and connected in the universe? Like, do you feel grounded in this space? Do you feel like you have purpose here? Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast this week. I don't know about where you are, but it is officially fall time in Toronto. The leaves started to change this week, the air in the morning is much crisper, the days are getting shorter, and while I know that it's important to embrace all the seasons, this is a challenging time of year for me. I love the summer and I love the warmth, especially in a city like this where the energy is just different in the summer. And winter here always feels so long and hard. So while fall is really nice and the weather is still gorgeous, it means that winter is coming and having that hanging over my head is just such a hard thing to accept. That all being said, I'm going to try and embrace it as much as I can. I'm absolutely obsessed with pumpkins, so I'm going to start trying out new pumpkin recipes, eating really good seasonal foods, and I love all of that stuff, so that'll be fun. If you have any specific fall recipe favorites, I would love if you would send them my way. I'm always looking for new stuff to try. My husband Eric loves the fall for one specific reason, and that is fantasy football. He's in three different leagues. He loves keeping up with the players and the teams. He's really passionate about it, which is super fun to watch. I am also in a fantasy football league this year. I have been in our family league for three years now, and I have to say I'm excited this year because my team is really good, and I never want to get ahead of myself because I feel like I do this every season and then I get screwed by injuries, but I don't know. I think this could be my year, so watch out, fam. I'm coming for you. I'm going to keep the intro for this episode pretty short and sweet, but on the podcast today, I got the chance to speak with Nina Boyce. She is a women's hormone coach out of Columbus, Ohio. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, so it was really fun to connect with someone from my home state. You'll hear it in her voice, but it was such a blast to talk to Nina because her energy is unbelievable. She's definitely someone that excites and energizes you when you get to speak with her. You'll hear a lot about her story on the podcast, but Nina's journey into health and learning about hormones started with her own struggles with anxiety and stress, and now she helps women who feel controlled by their own anxiety and stress in their lives regain some balance and rediscover how they can feel calm and at peace and in control of their lives. She's a certified holistic health coach, and she's also Reiki level one certified. She's getting her Reiki level two soon, and she loves to incorporate meditation and energy practices into her work with her clients because she believes that understanding your spirituality and tapping into that part of yourself is a huge part of finding balance in your lives, and she's seen a lot of success with her female clients as they do that kind of work. We get into so much good stuff about health and hormones and well-being in this episode. Like I said, it was such a blast to talk to Nina. I'm so glad that she came on. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Nina Boyce. 
Hi, Nina. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on and get the chance to talk with you today. I would love if you could start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for asking me to be on. This is so fun. I'm so used to being on the other end of the mic doing interviews. So it's nice to be the interviewee and I'm really excited to be on your show. So thanks. Of course. Um, Yeah. So a little bit about me. I'm a women's hormone health coach. So I focus primarily um, with women one-on-one and in group programs to help them get to the root of their hormone imbalances through nutrition, stress reduction, lifestyle, uh, spirituality, and energy work is like a big component of what I do. And I also focus a lot on anxiety since my personal story with uh, hormone balance also stems from anxiety and stress. So that's a big piece of uh, the program. And the women I tend to work with are kind of type A personality, uh, anxious girls like me. So that's kind of what I do. And I'm also a podcaster, of course. So I podcast and coach. I would love if we could kind of start at the beginning. I'm curious about what your childhood was like and if there was anything in your childhood that you kind of remember as the start of your anxiety. Yeah. So when I was a child, I didn't even really realize what I had was called anxiety. I just thought that was the normal way to feel. Um, I also thought, I remember thinking a lot of times that I worried about things my friends didn't worry about, but I, I didn't think that it was an anxiety. I just thought something kind of was wrong with me, (laughs) you know, like something's wrong with my brain that nobody else worries that way. But I grew up um, with a brother, a younger brother who has severe special needs. So in my household, it was very stressful. He was always running around. He had seizure disorder. So there was a lot of hospital visits and um, he's just a, a lot of work, right? So when you grow up with a brother that has severe special needs, it's like, all hands on deck all of the time. And that's why I think my sort of set point was always to be in fight or flight. And I just grew up that way, thinking again, like it was normal. But it wasn't really until I got to college that I started to really feel the symptoms of the anxiety. I remember getting headaches above my right eye all of the time. It was at that time too that I started taking birth control. And it was because, of course, I wanted to have sex without precautions. But I also remember going in and saying, I have acne. I have like these mood swings all the time. Maybe birth control can help back when I didn't know all the things I know now. Um, So I started taking birth control. I was really struggling with like just running around all the time, burning my body to the brink. And again, it was nothing that severe that I went to my doctors about it. I just kind of was popping Advil all the time and like going about my day. But when I really started to feel the effects um, and it became a problem was when I got my full-time job as a choir teacher after I graduated. So I was working at two buildings, uh, teaching over 500 middle schoolers. I was getting a master's degree. Yeah. (laughs) Like in, in one classroom, I had, I remember 136 graders, one classroom. Just me. Yeah. Um, and if you remember, like I, again, am this naturally, you can even hear it in my voice, right? I'm just naturally revved up a little bit higher than normal people. So add in a bunch of middle schoolers and like singing and playing piano and, you know, throwing concerts. It's just like my body couldn't take it anymore. I was also crazy because when I was getting my master's degree, I was planning a trip for my kids to sing at Carnegie Hall in New York City. So I just was like not stopping at all. And then finally... I was also getting married. That was another thing. What weren't you doing? <laughs> I, was cr- I was crazy. I literally was crazy. 
And finally, I remember sitting there and it like kind of washed over me like a wave. It was like, oh, I don't feel right. Like it was almost like a split, but it wasn't. I just wasn't catching the signs like along the way. But it was this like, hmm, I just don't feel right. And from that moment, I couldn't stop my brain. I remember having my first panic attacks. My acne was out of control, cystic acne. My period was inconsistent. I was cramping and spotting throughout the month. I was not having a period. I would have periods randomly. Um, And the thing that really, really hit me was I had chronic fatigue and this anxiety that I woke up every single morning with a stomach ache. I couldn't eat. I was just worried about who knows what. My body was honestly shutting down. And that's, that's when I went to my doctors. And it's kind of where my story, my, the next chapter of my story begins. What did you decide to do from there? What did the doctors tell you? Was it, was it a challenging journey to discover what was going to actually help you with these things? Mm. I feel like for a lot of people it is. It's not just you go to your doctor once and it's an answer. You have to do a lot of discovering for yourself what's going to work. What was that like for you? Yeah, so I went to my doctor originally because I thought there must be something internally going on. Like maybe I have a thyroid condition. Maybe this whole adrenal fatigue thing I hear people talking about is a real thing. Um, So I got my blood work taken, all of this, and everything, of course, came back normal. So all he could tell me was to take anxiety medication. Mm -hmm. I say this a lot. I'm not for or against medication, but for me, it just didn't sit well. I said, I I remember saying, like, I just don't think that's the answer. But I felt so trapped. I remember I left with the prescription and I thought, okay, well, maybe I tried it, like a couple pills. And I think I had anxiety about taking the anxiety meds. It was way worse. And I, I just decided this isn't the right call for me right now. Uh, I also went to my gynecologist because I said I'm not having a period. I obviously have severe PMS, cramps all the time, the cystic, cystic acne. And she just gave me the birth control pill. She said, you could try this. It might help bring your periods back to consistent time and all of the things that they say. And I was like, but I got off birth control after being on it for seven years because I didn't like how it made my body feel. So at this time, I decided just to take matters into my own hands. And I started researching nutrition. I already was kind of into yoga, but I really started practicing it for stress reduction, not just for working out. (laughs) And I tried to adopt a meditation practice and slowly but surely I started to feel so much better physically and mentally. And I, I it was like, there's something to this. So I kind of kept diving down this road. That's when I really got into uh, spirituality. I read tarot cards now. I do Reiki and I got my coaching certificate and I'm focusing now on women's hormonal coaching. And this is what I do full time. So it was through my own story that I got into it. Awesome. I feel like that's the case a lot for health and wellness professionals is you go on this own journey of self-discovery and then you're so lit up about it that you want to share it with as many other people as you can, right? Mm -hmm. You start coaching or you start a podcast. That's what we do. (laughs) Exactly. Or both. (laughs) Yeah. Or both. Yeah. How long did it take you to feel better? Well, that was about over three years ago. So to be honest, it was very much like healing isn't linear. I just saw this quote recently on Instagram, like healing isn't linear. So I remember I would start to feel better, but I would take a step back. And a lot of it was because when you're so, when your body is so stressed and it's also like it's automatic responses to be in fight or flight, you have to train it to calm. You have to train it to get back into that parasympathetic rest and digest state. So I would start to feel better, but then the moment I'd get stressed, or the moment I would let my anxiety get to a point that was unhealthy, I would be 
down for the count for a while. So it just took a lot of retraining the body and bringing it back to balance and also hormone balance in general. It takes like at least three months and three cycles to start to get your body into um, a natural rhythm again. You can start to feel better within that time, but it's a long process. Like changing my diet, I immediately did feel the effects of like energy, belly bloat and gut issues and my skin. Those were like the three biggest things. Mm -hmm. When it came to anxiety and like physically calming the body, it was a longer process. And then of course, balancing my hormones for the long run, it's still something that I work on to this day. Yeah, that makes sense. What were the biggest changes that you made to your nutrition at the time? I remember trying all the things because like, I'm <laughs> going to be vegan and now I'm going to do paleo and all of the, the stuff. But really it was getting to a whole foods diet. And then the biggest thing was prioritizing quality protein and healthy fats. So those two things, I mean, your body, your hormones are built on amino acids and protein and essential fatty acids. So I wasn't getting enough of those to support my body and to support my hormone production. So just doing those two things helped my body so much and also balancing my blood sugar. Like, so when you eat quality protein and fat and you make those your primary uh, sources of nutrients, it's like you're, you're balancing your blood sugar. So you're sustaining your energy and you're helping out your hormones. You're calming anxiety because you're not on a blood sugar roller coaster all of the time. So those really were it. And I did have to watch my carbs a little bit, but not in like a restriction mindset because I'm not about that at all. But I did have to be mindful about, well, how do carbs even complex carbs? How do they make me feel? And how does eating sugar make me feel? So I had to just kind of play around with that to find what worked for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I would love to talk a little bit more about a woman's cycle. We've talked about this a little bit on the podcast a couple episodes back, but Could you just give us a summary of the four phases of a woman's cycle and how her hormones change throughout the month within each one of those phases? Yeah, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because I think a lot of women don't understand that there are these cyclical changes weekly and monthly that go on with the body. So a lot of hormone experts will kind of start with the menstrual phase as the first phase of the cycle. I like to start with the follicular phase, which is... Uh, the phase right after you finished your period. So you finished your period, you're launching into what we call the follicular phase, phase one. And this is where your estrogen is going to start to rise. And so estrogen is that hormone that makes you feel really alive. It kind of makes you feel like a lot of people say it's the va-va-voom hormone. It gives you energy. It helps your skin feel clear. So you know when you end your period and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a new woman. I feel great. Totally. Uh, That's what's happening. And during this phase, your body is gearing up to ovulate and to release an egg to hopefully your body wants it to be fertilized. Even if you don't, your body does. So you are um, producing these follicles. So your body is kind of going to racing to see which one of these follicles is going to release the egg that will hopefully be fertilized. Um, And that's when you head into ovulation. So ovulation is phase two of the cycle. And at this time, you release a hormone called luteinizing hormone, which stimulates your body to release an egg. And your ovulation phase is like two days max. It's not very long. The egg really only lives inside the body for 24 hours before it disintegrates if it's not been fertilized. Hmm. So when you hit ovulation, a lot of women get an even 
bigger estrogen peak. So some women, for me, for example, I'm kind of sensitive to rising estrogen. So I'll notice I feel a little bit frenzied. Like it's a good frenzy. Sometimes I feel anxious, but it's like, whew, okay, I feel like I could go run like six miles right now. Like take me to a Zumba class. This is like what I feel like doing. Um, you feel really sexual during that time. You're in your like feminine power. It's a, it's a really good time for a lot of women. And it's a time where they are ready to go network and do a bunch of things, uh, get themselves out there and like really expend some energy. So yeah, that's about two days of your cycle. And after ovulation, we head into phase three, which is our luteal phase. So our luteal phase is where estrogen begins to decline and progesterone takes over. So after your follicle releases an egg for ovulation, it turns into what's known as the corpus luteum, and that's what produces progesterone. And so when we have progesterone in our system, we tend to feel a little bit more sleepy. It's actually our natural anti-anxiety hormone, so it helps us feel calm. If you don't have enough progesterone in your body, if you're struggling with an imbalance there, you might start to feel anxious or those those PMS symptoms come on during this time. It's a good time to relax, to cozy up, to kind of organize your home. You have less of that estrogen energy, so you want to utilize. You want to utilize the calmer part of your, your personality at this phase, so phase three. And then, of course, after phase three, we head into the menstrual phase, phase four, which everyone knows is when you start your period. And this is when your hormones are at their lowest. So you're at your lowest estrogen, your lowest progesterone. And that's why you can really feel the effects of PMS if you're struggling. So you can feel tired and depressed and anxious. But truthfully, it's also a good time to let your body rest. It's a good time to do yoga. It's a good time to do walks. And it's a good time to honor that it's time to come inside a little bit and to tune in and to slow down. Uh, we just fight it so much, you know, as women. We don't want to slow down. We want to do everything. And then after your menstrual phase, you just start the cycle over. Estrogen starts ramping up. You head into the follicular phase and it all happens again. Awesome. Why do you feel like it's so important for women to understand these four phases of their cycle? How has understanding these four phases and getting to know them played a role in your life? And then why do you want to share that with others? I think it's made all the difference in allowing to give myself grace. Because we are so quick to blame ourselves for everything. Like, oh, I'm just an anxious person or, oh, I just can't keep up as well as the next girl. But when we really get to understand our cycle and how our hormones fluctuate throughout each week of the cycle, we then can work with our body as opposed to working against our body, which is the same thing with anxiety. That's the one thing that helped me transform my anxiety was saying, I'm not going to fight it anymore. I'm going to work with it. And I'm also going to honor that, yeah, I might be a little bit more on the anxious side or my body might be revved up higher than most women. But it's actually a really cool thing because it allows me to do all of these things and it allows me to be the person that I am. So when it comes to your menstrual cycle, it's like, okay, I'm going to make plans around my follicular phase and around my ovulation phase. I'm going to go put on a really nice dress and go on a date with my husband um, during ovulation because I feel fantastic. During the luteal phase and the menstrual phase, it's like you're going to try to tone down those plans. You're going to not schedule spin classes, you know? You're going to do things that help your body and nourish your body and support your body as opposed to stress it out. And so that, again, just gives you the ability to relax a little bit and to go easy on yourself and realize that every other woman out there is doing the same or should be doing the same. 
Yeah, I think that that's such a great point. I think that in fitness, this is huge because as females that are wanting to be in the gym, training throughout the month, giving ourselves grace and understanding that every time, every week that we walk in the gym, we might not be able to do the exact same thing and being okay with that and understanding that if you're following the same program as a man is following, your experience with it is going to be completely different than his. So I think that it's a great message to get across to people. When is your body wanting to do those higher intensity things and wanting yes. to go all out? And when is it wanting to relax? And therefore, if you're sitting there and pushing it and just like trying to push through, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. And I actually want to touch on a little bit of a personal story with that. In that if you are really pushing your body maybe your goal is to lose weight, which again, in my coaching, it's never a goal for me. I never try. We never look at the numbers, but you know, sometimes it is, you want to feel comfortable in your body and, and you want to lose weight here or there, but you can actually be doing your body a disservice if you're pushing it too hard because you're raising those cortisol and adrenaline levels over and over again. And that's causing stress on the body. And what does your body want to do when it's stressed? It wants to hold on to weight excess cortisol in your system, your weight tends to be around the midsection. So recently I've been really into lifting. It's been summer. I've been really high energy. I've been running, uh, doing a lot of that, going to spin classes, like I just mentioned. And I realized I was extremely bloated, extremely bloated. And I'm not a person to step on the scale. And I remember stepping on the scale because I felt that bad. And I was like, holy crap, I'm not taking my own advice. I'm pushing my body to this point that it doesn't want to go to. So I just took a week and a half off of intense exercise. I haven't gone to any classes or anything. I've been walking, I've been stretching and I feel so much better. And it was just a reminder to me that I need to to plan my workouts according to my cycle and also just listen. More is not always better. Yes, definitely. I love that point about how when we're in this constantly stressed and constantly working phase and never giving ourselves the time to rest and our body to sort of repair, um, especially our muscles, right? To repair from the work that we've done, we're never going to reap the benefits of all that work Mm -hmm. that we're putting in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure you know much more on that than I do since I'm not a fitness guru. So thank you. But yeah, muscles, like I can only imagine that I was just not letting them get back to their normal or whatever rest state. I was just like, push, push, push. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You have to give your muscles that time to actually rebuild and actually get stronger. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are overtraining um, and it has this negative effect on your hormones, but also has a negative effect on your muscles. So it's definitely um, something to be aware of. And I almost feel like the beauty of these four phases and the fact that we have these four phases is that if we're aware of them and listening to them, that sort of deload phase or that this like week that you took to rest is kind of just built into our month. So we totally is to that, right? Yes. Yes, it is. I love that you said that it's built into our month. So we should take it. Now, if you randomly feel like you have this surge of energy, you can utilize it. You know, you can honor your body, but also just note, yeah, it's the week of my menstrual cycle. I'm allowed and I have, I'm not more than allowed. It's like I should be able to take this time to rest. I think that that's so important. How can you tell if your hormones are imbalanced? I know this is a challenging question because sometimes it feels like when we talk about these things, 
you know, it's different for everyone and it could be anything, right? Like all of, there's so many symptoms that could indicate that your hormones are imbalanced. But I'm wondering if in your practice and working with clients, if there are any telltale signs, things that you're seeing come up over and over as indicators that there's something going on with people's hormones. Yeah. The tricky thing is there's so much crossover, right? So you hear certain symptoms and they all are reflective of other symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, Very much so like thyroid or is it the gut or is it our hormones, but they're all related. So I think the main thing that I see in women is estrogen dominance. And this is where you have too much estrogen in your system in comparison to progesterone. So you literally could have too much estrogen and normal progesterone, or a lot of women have low progesterone levels, which means that they're estrogen dominant. So because of that ratio. And so some of the main symptoms of that is anxiety. Because like we talked about earlier, if you are struggling with anxiety, especially during that second half of your cycle, it's probably because you don't have enough progesterone in your system to help balance you out. So that's one. Uh, Acne, especially around the jawline, the chin and the jawline is another sign. Is that what you were suffering from? Yeah. And then the the acne was like kind of centered around your jaw? Definitely. And the acne was bad. It was cystic, which was very painful. I don't get cystic acne so much, but I still get a little bit of acne on that side of my chin. And cutting out dairy was the biggest thing for me. I'll just put that out there. Dairy and gluten for me personally was a total transformation in the acne and also in healing my hormones, but especially with the acne. But acne is a good, a big sign. If you are struggling with heavy periods and cramping, That is another sign that there's a lot of estrogen dominance going on. So you should not be bleeding through multiple tampons like every hour or every couple of hours. That's not normal. If you have really severe cramps, that's not normal. Even cramping in general that you have to take an ibuprofen or is preventing you from, you know, really going about your day. We think it's normal. We think it's a part of being a woman, but our body was made to not have cramps when we're menstruating. So take note of that. So those two things. And then if you're struggling with really um, even gut issues, like feeling constipated, um, like you can't go to the bathroom, you have a lot of upset stomach ache, it's usually then affecting our hormones. So that can be a sign that you're not detoxing well and you're not getting rid of excess estrogen in the system. So those are kind of the big ones. Mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting. The story around our periods has become one of well, you're just going to feel like shit for a couple days. You're going to be out of commission. You're going to have terrible cramps. You're going to get terrible cravings. And we just sort of accept it as that's just something that happens. And so I think I really like talking about how if you're having really severe symptoms around your period and you're out for the count, something is wrong. Like it should not be that way. You're, you may have a bit lower energy. You may have a little bit of discomfort because of what's going on with your body, but it should not be debilitating. No, absolutely not. And we've been brought up to think that our menstrual cycle is like the demon. We're like, we don't want it. I mean, think about women when, we're, when we've been on, I mean, I was on birth control for seven years. We like long to skip that period. Like, oh, should I just skip those sugar pills and go right back into the next pack? You know, we- I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we really, really hate our periods. We were like brought up to hate them. And so I feel like my work really is to drop that and to say, how can we start to embrace our period? How can we really start to own our feminine energy and our feminine power and realize that it's freaking amazing to be a woman and it's like a privilege to have a period and how can we use it right to our advantage? 
I love that. And if you have symptoms, it's not normal. That's the biggest thing too. Yeah. Right. For sure. I want to talk about stress a little bit. It's something that a lot of people are talking about, yet I just see everyone continuing to go on and just deal with their stress. Like I'm just not convinced that we're actually taking stress management tools and actually implementing them in their lives the way maybe we know that we should. So could you just talk to the effect that stress has on your hormones and what's actually going on in your body and what's going on with your adrenals? Yeah, it's one thing that I say all of the time is that we need to reduce our stress. We need to reduce our stress. But you're so right. Women especially are like, well, I can't. You know, I have kids and I have a family and I have jobs and I have a a to-do list that's miles long. And so I think it's a part of our mindset that if we try to reduce our stress or we don't prioritize everything as like top priority, that we're going to fail. And that's a huge misconception because what's happening is every time your body is stressed, whether it perceives stress, so perceiving stress could be opening up a work email, right? And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, like stress fills your body. You read an email from your boss or whether it's physical stress, like you're getting chased by a tiger, which I know doesn't happen anymore, but physical stress, you know, or working out, right? Does put your body in a state of stress, like a high intensity workout your body is physically perceiving that as stress. You're right. Yeah, it absolutely is. So we have these two states, mental and physical stress. And so what happens is your body is primed to protect you either way, no matter which form it is. And so it does that by raising your cortisol levels and by raising your adrenaline. So adrenaline is, again, that fight or flight. So when you feel really amped up, you know, and you're on edge and you're ready to go and your heart's pounding, your adrenaline's pumping. Same thing with cortisol. Cortisol is what energizes you. So cortisol actually in and of itself is not bad and neither is adrenaline. We just want to spike those acutely. But now because we're stressed so much of our day, it's chronic. Our body is chronically pumping out adrenaline and cortisol. So your body is not able to handle those two hormones in such high amounts. So what happens then is your body is is stressed out. So it, one, is going to retain weight, like we talked about earlier. Your blood sugar, whenever cortisol rises, so does your blood sugar. So I want you to imagine if you wake up and you have some coffee, coffee raises cortisol levels. I'm not against coffee, but I'm just saying that's what it does. Raises cortisol levels. Then you hop in the car, you're stuck in traffic, you're raising your cortisol levels even more. You get to work, you're planning through your to-do list, it's building even more. And at this time, also, that rise in cortisol is making your blood sugar spike. I and didn't it's know that. That's, yes. I didn't know that there was a direct connection between those two things. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So that's why when you're going up and down with a blood sugar roller coaster and cortisol, you also feel chronically fatigued because your body is just like up and down and up and down. And what do we want to do then? Well, we want to fix the fatigue. So we crave sugar and carbs. So we go for, oh my gosh, I want... Uh, that muffin and that coffee to keep me going. It's a lot of women think it's something, again, wrong with them. Like, I can't stop these food cravings. Well, no, it's not your fault at all. It's that your body is primed to grab the thing that's going to give you the quickest energy, which is going to be more caffeine or more sugar or more simple carbs. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what's going on in the body. And after a while, when your body is doing this over and over again, it stops in some people's cases, it stops producing 
the link to like make more cortisol or make more adrenaline because it's been doing it over and over again. So that's when the body adapts and is just used to it, right? Yeah. It's called a negative feedback loop. So your mind, it doesn't come back around and give your brain the signal to make more cortisol again. So that's when people really struggle with what's known as adrenal fatigue, where it's not that their adrenals aren't working. It's just that their brain, their pituitary gland isn't receiving the signal to make more cortisol and they feel very tired. But as far as your hormones go, there's a connection between cortisol and progesterone. So I talked about estrogen dominance. Well, the more cortisol you produce, unfortunately, the less progesterone you produce. So that was my problem. I was chronically stressed all the time and I had anxiety. So I was really depleting my progesterone and it was causing all of these symptoms. And your body works like a perfect you know, orchestra. So when one little thing is out of place, unfortunately, the rest of it can get out of whack too. In your practice with clients, um, what have you found to be the best tools for stress management and calming down the adrenals, the cortisol responses that people are having to things? It really is dependent on the person. And I know that's a silly answer, but as far as stress reduction goes, it depends on where your comfort level is. I love meditation. I love offering up meditation. But if that doesn't work for you, then we have to find another way. So moving meditation, getting into the body, focusing on even just placing a hand on the heart and a hand on the belly, listening for your breath, feeling your breath, giving yourself a calming mantra, going for a walk, whatever you can do is get out of the mind and get into the body. That's kind of what I say. But more on the physical level, the two things that my clients do that help them more than anything is just changing around their breakfast because you want to stabilize your blood sugar. That's the main thing that's going to help us get our body into that rest and digest state. So by starting your day with like 20 grams of high quality protein and two tablespoons of healthy fats and making sure that you're priming your body with those nutrients first and foremost and waiting to drink your coffee or your caffeine until after you've eaten is going to really help the body um, and it's going to balance the blood sugar and all of that. So if you do get stressed, at least your body has that support already. It has the nutrition inside to help support you. So it's kind of with food we do that, but then also with techniques like meditation and stress reduction, magnesium salt baths, jade rollers. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do and kind of work out for each client that fits to their schedule. I feel like this is a good segue into talking about the energy work and some of the things that you do with spirituality. Can you just tell us how those things, the Reiki and the tarot that you do uh, relate to a woman's well-being? I really focus, like we've talked about on the mind and the body, but there's the whole spirit element that I think is the missing link. And I think that's also what's missing in Western medicine. So we go to the doctor and they'll give us a medication or we go to a doctor and they'll tell us to change our diet or you need to fix your stress and we get that. But we're missing this whole like spiritual piece. And I'm not saying religion. You don't have to be religious, but it's just where do you feel safe and connected in the universe? Like, do you feel grounded in this space? Do you feel like you have purpose here? When we don't feel grounded, of course, we're going to feel more anxiety. Of course, our hormones are then going to feel disrupted when we don't feel grounded in our physical bodies. And so I noticed a big piece of that is learning how to connect to your intuitive voice again, which we know how to do so well when we're kids. We are so easy to listen to ourselves and to our intuition and just like 
listen to our bodies and do what feels good and also trust. And, you know, how many of us had imaginary friends or believed in something unseen? You know, when we're kids, we're so connected to that and we lose that as we get older. So I started by really just talking to my internal voice, talking to that soul deep level part of me um, and trying to listen to her more. And I found that I was growing this confidence of like, you're here for a purpose. Like you have the answers inside of you. And then I started to dive into like, okay, well, I'm just going to question the universe. I'm going to start to ask the universe questions and I'm going to believe in signs and I'm going to believe that I'm fully watched over and that I'm fully protected. And I started reading like Gabby Bernstein books, you know, like how most of us go down that route and self-help books. And little by little, I started to get a little more like I call it woo-woo. <laughs> and I started to read tarot cards, which Whatever it is that you believe, when it comes to tarot, this is how I like to explain it. It helps you hear your intuitive voice. So if you pull a card, whether or not you believe that it's divinely guided or one of your angels is helping you pull this card, it's going to bring up something within you. It's going to bring up an idea or a thought. It's going to make you question something. It's going to spark an idea for you. And that's your intuition. When we allow ourselves to trust in something and to hear what our inner voice wants to say, that's when we start really living in alignment with who we are. So tarot cards are a huge part of my coaching practice. I pull a card after every session. We just pull one. We read what it says. A lot of times I ask my clients to journal on them because again, when you journal, you're quieting uh, all the outside noise. You're really tuning in to you and your, your soul voice is what I like to call it. Um, so I use those a lot. And I also do full readings with them as well to kind of give us deeper guidance. But after I kind of started that, I, I dove into Reiki because Reiki is all about energy work and balancing the chakra systems in the body. And I found that there's a big connection between menstrual health and then also energy within the body and balancing energy within the body. So it's kind of something that I've recently started diving into more and using in my practice. Awesome. I love that. So you see it as... I think what you're saying is that you see it as a tool to allow your intuition to speak up and to kind of discover that inner deepest, truest self, that voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But then on the flip side, not to get too much into Reiki unless you want to. I I'm think interested. That this is something okay. <laughs> that I don't know that much about, but that I'm fascinated by. So... Go yeah. <laughs> well, to be, to be transparent, I have my Reiki one certification. So I'll be getting my Reiki two in November. And that's when I really can do the work on bringing the practice to my coaching program. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm practicing on myself, friends and family, which has been fantastic. But we never notice that our body can become energetically out of balance. And this happens if you, have you ever been with somebody and you've noticed that their energy sort of seeps into you? So if you're around a negative person, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, whew, I feel heavy too. Or that person really like exhausted me. Well, all because the we're, time, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're taking on that person's energy, right? We're allowing that to absorb within us. Or for example, if you feel like there's something you really want to say to someone and you feel like you just can't say it and you'll notice you feel like there's a lump in your throat or you feel a heaviness in your throat, how can you explain that? That's stuck energy. Or if you're nervous or you get a gut feeling, everybody, all of us have probably felt that like gut feeling. Well, how do we explain that, right? Because it's an emotion. So again, this is energy that we hold within our, bo 
within our body. Or if you've had a broken heart, you feel the heaviness and the sadness in your heart. So um, when I started to do Reiki, I, I went to my friend Megan. She's incredible. Happy Place Reiki, shouting her out. Uh, she does distance sessions. But she started practicing Reiki on me, and I would immediately feel the sense of calm. It was almost like if, there, if my body was a river, I would have like these stuck pieces within me. And when I was finished with Reiki, it felt like everything was just flowing through like nice and smooth. I felt relaxed. I felt calm. I felt like I was in my rest and digest. And it was like I could freely, I felt more free to like speak what I wanted to speak, or I felt more grounded in my body, or I felt more clarity in the mind. And so I was like, I have to learn more about this. And I found out we have something. So we have this how many chakras? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven chakras. There's some other ones, but those are like the main ones. And one of them is our sacral chakra. So it's below your belly button and it's where the seat of like feminine energy is. And, you know, if you have hip pain or menstrual pain or anything along those lines, it's really rooted in the sacral chakra. So I found that there's a big tie between an imbalance in that chakra and stuck energy and women that are struggling with hormone imbalance. And so that's kind of where I've started to explore more deeply with my own practice and my own coaching programs. Cool. That's awesome. You quit your full-time job uh, just over a year ago, I think, to pursue the entrepreneurial hustle. What was that process like? Was it scary? How did that feel? And have you ever looked back? Oh my God, it was the scariest time of my life because <laughs> it's all I knew. I was a singer and a performer my whole life. I went to school for music education. I got my job right out of school and I truly, truly did not think I would do anything else. And then I got my dream job teaching at one school the last three years of my career teaching middle school choir, which is exactly what I wanted to do. So it really came to this point where I was getting into this health and wellness scene and I was so passionate about coaching women and my podcast. And I noticed that it was lighting me up so much more than going to school. There are all of these other elements with teaching that if you have any listeners that are teachers, I'm sure they understand. It's exhausting. I have a couple of clients that are teachers and so we get to talk about it a decent amount and yeah. that is a grind. Yeah. I mean, talk about taking on energy. You're taking on hundreds of little energies every single day. So it finally got to this point where I really realized that my heart was going a different direction. And it was through these spiritual practices that I had developed. Like every time I would meditate, it would be this strong voice like, this is what you need to do. It's time to pivot. It's time to pivot. I would journal and it would be, it's time to move on. This is, it's, this phase is over. I would pull tarot cards. The tarot cards were always, so it was like, I, my, literally my intuition would not shut it down. If you believe in spirit guides, which I do, they were like throwing shit at me that was like, you need to change careers. So, um, it came to this point where I, you know, talked with my husband. He's also an entrepreneur, so he's very supportive of me quitting. And I went to my principal's office and I told him and last May was when I had quit. So yeah, it's been a little bit over a year. And I miss the kids. I loved teaching. I miss music. I still try and sing and do other things, but I don't regret it at all. Like I, I know like deep down in my soul that this is exactly the work that I'm supposed to be doing. And there's not, um, I wake up every morning and I'm like, huh, I could be teaching first period, but I'm not, you know? And, <laughs> and I really am so, so happy with this new line of work. Although I will say I do miss the kids, but this is what I meant to be doing. That's such a good feeling. I had many ideas of 
like things I thought I wanted to do and half pursued for a long time until I finally found this area and this sort of fitness wellness space. And I, I just, it just resonates with me so much the way you're explaining it and how it like lights you up and how, you know, it just, it just consumes you and energizes you in a way where you know that you're doing the right thing and in the right place. And I guess I can't say that it will always be that way, but at least for now, it's like, it's very exciting to be doing the thing that, you know, brings you that joy and that energy. That's what it's about is really living towards the things that light you up and that bring you the most joy. And like you said, the cool thing about these jobs is you can pivot in any direction you want. Like I started not hormonal health. I was just very much focused on anxiety and like overall health coaching. But then you find your niche and then you go with that and that could pivot and that could change. And like, look at me now, I'm getting more into Reiki and like tarot cards. So who knows what I'll be doing in like a few, a few weeks, a few weeks, like a few years, but we'll see. Yeah, that, you're right. That's the beauty of it. That's why mm-hmm. it's so fun. Do you still have opportunities to sing? Yeah, I sang at my cousin's wedding, which is really oh, fun. My husband, so nice. my husband also plays guitar, so we did uh, the music for her wedding. There's a church that I go to once in a while, and I'll sing there, which is really nice. And then, um, to be honest, I want to start auditioning for shows again. So we'll see if there's any time for that. I auditioned for a show last summer. But yeah, if there's ever an opportunity for me to sing, I'll do it. Like, give me a karaoke mic and I'll sing, you know? (laughs) You're the kind of person that I would not want to go to karaoke with because there's always that one person that's amazing at it that I'm like, ah, shit, I can't. Yeah, we're like, oh my gosh. And then we get up and we hold the mic and we're like, give me a Broadway tune. (laughs) Right, totally. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm curious what makes you excited to get out of bed in the morning. Honestly, it's this work that I'm doing with hormonal health because I'm like ready to, you know, drop the stigma around periods. So I wake up each day and I just cannot wait to share and to connect and especially with the women that I'm coaching. Um, But I have some fun projects coming on like soon with um, a course that I'm hoping to launch and then also the rebrand of my podcast, which might be rebranded when this comes out. I don't know. But there's just some really fun things coming with just bringing awareness to menstrual health and women's hormones and of course bringing spirituality into all of that. So I wake up just jazz to kind of pave, uh, pave the path towards those projects. Um, finally, if our listeners want to learn more about you and connect with you, how should they be doing that? I'm very active on Instagram, so they can find me there at Nourished with Nina. I also have a website and blog, which is nourishedwithnina.com. And then my podcast. So right now it's called Finding Your Shine, but we're rebranding it and I'm taking it over solo. And the new podcast is going to be all about hormonal health. It's going to be healing hormones. This is the second rebrand you guys have done, right? It is. Yeah. 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 We used to be Wine and Shine, where we drank wine for some reason. We didn't like know how to, we did not know how to talk about wine, but we thought we did. And then we rebranded. Did you guys actually talk about and review wine? We reviewed it, but very poorly. Like we would be like, this tastes good. This, you know, we give it a one or a five. It was really lame, but we had fun. Uh, Finally, that didn't really resonate with us anymore. And we went into Finding Your Shine, which was around the time where I quit my job or was going to be quitting my job. And Liz was getting into some coaching herself. And so it was all about how to really find your own shine and what lights you up. 
fantastic episodes. Please go back and listen to them. There's like, I don't know, over a hundred episodes at this point. Yeah. And then at this point, Liz is kind of going off and doing her own thing. We're, we're best friends still, no hard feelings at all. Um, and since I'm really diving into hormonal health, we decided it was time for me to take it over and to really talk to what I'm passionate about. So that's where we're at with the new, the third rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm really excited. I'm excited to hear the the sort of new stuff and I'm excited to hear you dive in more on the hormone stuff because I can tell when you talk about it that it really does light you up. And oh, thanks. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm excited for you to get to share more about that. I appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, Nina, I think that's all I have, all the questions I have for you. I really appreciate you giving your time and your amazingly positive energy to the show today. <laughs> it's been lovely to connect with you. Same. I really appreciate you having me on and this has been so much fun. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of How Do You Feel? If you're enjoying what you're hearing, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any episodes. We release a new episode every Monday morning. As a reminder, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or through the podcast website, howdoyoufeelpodcast.com. If you know someone in your life who's struggling with stress and anxiety and feeling out of control of their health and their wellness, please share this podcast with them. Please share so that they can hear from these amazing guests and experts that we have on each week, and they can start to take control of their health journey and take some ownership over it. All right, guys, I hope everyone has an amazing week. Make sure you get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.